0: Relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. How are you? I actually, uh, if you see me on Skype at the moment, like rolling my shoulders, you know, like a bit like a boxer does before a fight or sometimes you see Sylvester Stallone get interviewed and, and he sort of just does it kind of involuntarily. I've noticed he does this little kind of like shoulder shuffle. Maybe if you like spend a lot of your time fighting, it's just like an instinctive thing to roll your shoulders back.
2: Well, this is the thing that a lot of people don't know about Sylvester Stallone. He is at Mm. all times ready to make a Rocky movie. (laughs) Like, at all times. If somebody just says to him, I've got a new idea for a Rocky movie, he is ready to go without delay. He wants to be... And the weird thing is, he's also at all times ready to make a Rambo movie. So you don't want to get on his wrong side in a line at the coffee shop or anything. You'll slit your fucking throat.
0: Well, this is the thing, right? Like, all you need to do in entertainment these days is just come up with one character that can be franchised and then you just wait for the wheel to turn every, like, 25 years or so. That's the cycle we're in now. Come up with one iconic character, get, what, two, three films
2: under your belt or a TV
0: series, and then you can bring that character back.
2: Sit around and wait for the reboot. Just sit there going, at any stage now, here it comes, the Charles in Charge reunion. (laughs) I was just watching before we jumped online.
0: They started putting up trailers for the new Karate Kid series. And that's exactly the thought that's in my head. I was watching Ralph Macchio and uh, the guy who plays the other guy, the villain, whatever his name is, uh, William Zabka. And I'm like, wow, like they just waited for the wheel to turn. Like they're back in it now.
2: Right, that's all you got to do. You've got to just, like, sit around. You're willing to be just stay alive long enough. Poor old Pat Morita <laughs> didn't make it. But if you can yeah. stay alive long enough, you can make it to the reboot. That's the new second phase of your Hollywood career. Okay, you've nailed one. Like, there must be a meeting right now going uh, at Davey, David Boreanaz's as agents. You yeah, know, and they're like... Look, <laughs> We were kind of hoping for the Buffy Angel thing. We think Joss Whedon, that might cause us a bit of trouble now. So we've got all our eggs in the Bones reboot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course you would. I mean, why would it you? It feels like you can, I mean, you don't even have to, it doesn't even have to be like a TV show. It's a board game now. Like literally anything that has some recognition. If you're associated with it, I'm just going to start
2: copywriting everything. Right. Well, it is one of those things where you hope that perhaps, you know, in the future, maybe two young optimistic podcasters do a reboot of Tofop and we just come in to be like the the older guys, the cameo. We're, we're yeah. Johnny Depp making an appearance in the 21 Jump Street movie.
0: Yeah, we can do an all-female reboot of Tofop and watch the internet Tofop. go Finally. fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. We'll get Paul Feig involved and he'll do an all-grimma yeah. awesome, uh, reboot of TOFOP. I love it. And we can just
0: lecture people before we debut it saying, if you don't like it, it's because you're a misogynist.
2: <laughs> bulletproof. You're <Yeah. laughs> bulletproof. It's a great business plan. And then we'll do like a uh, People of Colour reboot of tofop. Yeah. This is our idea. What we've got to do yeah. is just franchise this shit out to specific Mm. i mean because the era of the white straight man is over so like if you were trying to start a podcast like Toefop again today then it would be people would be like well who needs two bloody white straight guys chatting to each other about nonsense the world doesn't need to hear these voices we're legacy but what we really need to do is now start franchising this shit much like mcdonald's has specific meals in different countries like yeah. you get uh, yeah one menu item only in India and you can't get it anywhere else. We've got to get a franchise version of this show that's specifically catered to all those different demographics. So we have all the female reboot. We let China do a reboot of the show. Like, I mean, you know, we're really got to franchise it out. Think of better markets.
0: Well, I think uh, the, the one thing we need to do if we do that is actually have like a... I mean, I guess it's, we've got to boil down to like, what are the TOEFL? Do we have catchphrases? I guess you can have everyone relax in like 156 different languages.
2: Well, the irony would be that for pretty much every other uh, minority group on the planet, they don't get the luxury of saying everyone relax. It's only yeah, right. white, straight men. It's truly at the heart of what it is we do. Only white, straight men could start a podcast by telling everybody to relax because they're the only ones who've been able to relax for the history of human civilization. So I guess that would be the first twist on the genre from each of the podcasts. Uh,
0: uh, so the reason I'm rolling my shoulders is because uh, I've been working on oh, my Oh, so just before you get to rolling your shoulders, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah.
2: Hang on, sorry. I just wanted to say... Why yeah. don't they do... You know your sort of Alien v. Predator style reboot? Yes. Have they ever just thought about doing a Rocky v. Rambo movie? So you get Sylvester they were, Stallone playing both they characters. Were, the,
0: there was a discussion. I don't know if it was the Predator, but there was talk for a while after they, he did John Rambo or whatever, the, whatever his latest Rambo was, where he was the old grizzled warrior coming out of retirement or whatever the fuck it is. The talk of his next film... Was it was going to be Rocky fights uh Rambo fights an Alien, and I think I heard that maybe they're going to merge the Predator and the Rambo franchises. So, I mean, it's not Rambo versus Rocky, but you know they're moving closer. I guess it's it's six degrees six degrees of, uh, of of Rocky Balboa. Like how he fights the Predator. How do you get from the Predator then to to Madison Square Gardens to punch on with? Uh, Rocky Balboa.
2: Well, I mean, maybe he saves the world from the Predator. And they say, because you have done the world this great service of stopping an alien invasion of humanity that would have wiped everybody out, you can uh, choose to fight uh, in a prize match anybody that you want on the planet. And he says, I want to kill Rocky.
0: (laughs) No, look, this is perfect. It's a callback. The the plot of the original Rocky is that it's a down-on-his-luck boxer gets a chance, a once-in-a-million chance, for an exhibition bout with the world champion. That's, right. how, that's the premise of the first film. So you can have Rambo defeat the Predator, becomes an international celebrity because he defeated this alien, and Rocky, who is the world champion at the time, because he seems to come out of retirement every 25 years and beat some guy 40 years younger than him, for, for convenience sake, he's the world champion, and he says, oh, this is great, I'll have an exhibition bout against this
2: jungle alien killer. Or maybe it's just more simple that you... Like, because John Rambo, remind me of what his backstory is. He's like a, He was a Vietnam, Vietnam vet, right? vet, Vietnam vet, Vietnam vet with... And then went a bit crazy and wanted to... What was yeah. what was the plot points of the movies? What did he do in the movies? The first one, he comes back. He's on his way
0: back to his hometown. He goes through a... Uh, I don't know if it's his small town or just a town he's passing through and runs into kind of a bigoted sheriff who thinks he's a hippie. And so they... Throw him in jail, and the way they treat him in jail brings on his PTSD, where he feels like he's back in the like bamboo cages in Burma or whatever he was. So he freaks out, runs to the jungle, and then starts killing cops who come looking for him. So that's the plot of the first one. Then the ones after that, it just becomes about like search and rescue missions.
2: Okay, what about this? It uh, starts with Rambo, like you know, completely giving into his, you know, like his P- PTSD. It's a very Modern story, you know, these people who come back from... The most recent shooter in America, I think, was a a, a veteran who was having, you know, mental problems, having returned from service. It's a very topical and current Mm. story you could tell, right? So that's your reason you bring Rambo back. But at this point, with all these battles, Rambo is now in pretty much full psychosis so it turns out that he gets obsessed with this symbol of what he thinks is everything that's wrong with america which is this yeah rocky balboa character right you know rocky the guy who can always win the things so he starts kind of hunting rocky balboa Mm. but it ends up in a like i don't know how we get to this (laughs) but it ends up in a fight between the two of them and the big reveal at the end is that rocky balboa never existed and the yes! whole thing was a fantasy of john rambo as a commentary on the american system that had betrayed him in the first place and he was really just internally fighting with himself a symbol of all the things that are american yeah the last so, yeah, shot copyright is his, <laughs>
0: <laughs> last shot is in a bed in a psych ward a military psych ward yeah. The thing, of, the thing, like the of all the things that are hard to buy about the Rambo films, like with the Rocky films, as the as the films went on in the series, and Sylvester Stallone started looking more like Sylvester Stallone, the movie star, than Rocky Balboa, the you know the the, the scrappy fighter from Brooklyn or, wherever, or Philadelphia, or wherever he's from. It makes sense to me that well, if you're a boxer and you're getting punched in the face, you probably would go out and get a bit of bit of corrective surgery and stuff. So even in the last Rocky film, I'm like. Oh yeah, it's okay. So he's had a facelift and stuff, but you know, if you've been punched in the face for a career, but John Rambo has been living in the jungles, like you know, working at monasteries and you know, swearing off violence. But when they find him, he's like had a facelift, and I'm always like, which monk did that? <laughs> where did you, where did you get the funds to give yourself a facelift, Rambo?
2: Well, you know that uh, people are constantly going to third world countries for cheap plastic surgery, <laughs> so obviously <laughs> Rambo's done some sort of deal with the locals you know he's been running some protection for them and the only way they can repay him in some sort of barter situation is you know fixing up his stitches but you know just lifting the bags out from under his eyes at the same time that's the film
0: i want to see is john rambo living in america settled into a quite a, a suburban life and has a bit of a midlife <laughs> crisis and goes to thailand <laughs> for some cheap surgery Like, no action. It's just quite a boring kind of story about this guy who's feeling like he's got low self-esteem. Maybe his wife's a bit younger. He's feeling like he can't keep up. And so he gets a Kentiki tour to Thailand to get some cheeky
2: surgery done. Well, she wants to go to Vietnam and she can't understand why he's so reticent. (laughs) I love that.
1: Uh, Shoulders. Shoulders. My shoulders, yeah.
0: So I've been working at the computer a lot this week and... I haven't been using, you know, like a you use a laptop razor, so you, you're kind of not bending your head. Uh, and a couple of days ago, my neck was just fucked. Like I found it really hard to turn my neck. So I just um, asked some friends in town if they could recommend a masseuse. So uh, this dude came around yesterday, and yes, let's get all the did he give you a hand job jokes out of the way. Go.
2: Oh, it's okay. I think we're beyond that as a podcast, Charlie. I certainly think <laughs> on the all-female reboot of uh, TOEFOP, they would have the good grace and style to walk past the, did he give you a hand job?" We voted yes. You're in West Hollywood. A man came round to rub you. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> Get on board, everyone.
0: Uh, so I got this massage. The guy was great. Super painful. It wasn't a relaxing massage. It was just all about breaking up the knots. And um, he... Uh, he was saying that one of his clients actually is like a like a marine or you know a, a, a soldier, and he's like, this dude told him that he would rather be waterboarded than get like a petrol massage from this guy ever again <laughs> because it's so fucking painful.
2: Well, I mean, maybe they should get that guy down to Gitmo. Oh, That'd did be that?
0: Great... I lost. Did I lose you for a second?
2: That'd be the. They should get that guy down to Gitmo, oh. to Guantanamo Bay. Have you got me? I've got you. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you think you went away? I've got you. Have you got me? Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's the end of that story. Getting down to Gitmo, I'll just pick it up after that. Oh, you got you got the Gitmo. You got. Yeah, I got, you, I you got, got the my
2: Gitmo. great Gitmo joke twice yeah. <laughs> that I went over twice. <laughs> I had a whole other bit. I was like, it was going to be a, it was going to be a classic switch around, you know, you get the guy in, they think they're getting a massage, it turns out they're getting tortured. You know, it was a whole thing. I mean, I think that's what they need at Gitmo. They need to turn it into a bit more of a surprise you're being tortured. You know, someone (laughs) thinks they're getting a facial, then they get waterboarded. Somebody thinks they're getting a massage, but then they get tortured with the massage. Somebody thinks they're getting a nice, pleasant electrical clamp to the nipples, but what (laughs) they're actually getting is very torturous, punishing.
1: (laughs) So you said all that that? during
2: your massage did your masseuse yell out tell us where Osama really is.
0: (laughs) Did you say all that when I was off air?
2: No, I just said it then so Michael could edit it in.
0: Oh great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That was the best joke ever, because the setup was about five minutes ago before Skype fell to shit and then I got the punchline five minutes later. It's great. What a build-up.
2: Exactly. (laughs) I had some time to workshop it in my head.
0: Uh, what I was going to say with, um, when, uh, the dude was setting up, I was like, I'll put on some, uh, massage music. So I went to Spotify and I went to like their, you know, chill out playlists and I found one that was called nature sounds. I'm like, well, that sounds good. Like, you know, sound of the breeze and some running water and stuff. And so I'm down on the, um, down on the, the table and getting a massage and it's going through the playlist. And one of the like the soundtracks, this playlist was like, it's a jungle sounds, but the most prominent sound was monkeys, like, hoo, 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 hoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole way through this track for, like, six minutes. It was like, I, I just felt like I was being watched by a bunch of perv- perverted monkeys from the trees.
2: Yeah, well, you know, they would have been touching themselves, too. So it was probably the sounds of monkeys enjoying themselves, touching themselves, watching you <laughs> being massaged by another man. <laughs>
0: yeah. monkeys throwing shit at each other and jacking off like crazy watching a man get rubbed
2: it's weird that they have that spotify list but it's actually the perfect accompaniment
0: very very specific now will we come to the show today uh with some uh, listener contributions
2: we love that i mean because it stops us from having to come up with stuff ourselves and we really just appreciate it if you could just send us things that we could you know, talk about and provide content for us. And ideally that's where we could really get to with the podcast where we have to do nothing, but this bit nothing. of nothing.
0: Yeah. That would be great. I mean, that's the thing is I always get jealous when I, you know, you listen to the weekly planet or whatever and they just go through like their letters and I'm like, Oh, isn't that great. There's like 10 minutes of really good content just there. Write us some letters or something. Do we have an email address? I think we do email uh, yeah. to
2: Probably people have been. <laughs> Probably people have been writing us letters for ages and we just haven't looked at the letters. Our podcast is like, people have been writing letters to us like letters to Santa. There's probably like hundreds and hundreds of letters that we could have been using as free content that is now completely out of date.
0: Okay. So would you want to do that? Do you want to set up a, like a mail segment? Like if you email, email TOFOP, at, it's actually the, this is the address, I'm not saying email twice, email Email Tofop at gmail.com. And in the subject line, write, hey Tofop. It's just so I can, I don't have to scroll through all the emails. I can just search for them.
2: Yeah. And you know what the thing about that is? Like people do provide us good follow-up content. Like when we talked mm. about Enya a few weeks ago, I got a lot of good Enya related content that I was like, we should have followed that up. Apparently Enya lives in like a $90 million castle with her cats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no justice in the world. <laughs> <laughs> her record producer literally said this is the worst thing I've ever heard it's so annoying hey yeah, he's a fucking castle <laughs> yeah alright so Michael can you remind remind us and maybe when you put this episode up email Tofop at gmail.com and subject line hey Tofop and, and we'll, we'll look we'll see how it goes if we get if we get no emails next week maybe this segment will die but I think it's a it's a good chance for us to kill 10 minutes where we don't have to think of something ourselves <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this week we've been provided with a couple of bits of quality content.
0: Yeah. Now, this first one, uh, oh God, I should see who. uh, This is from Where's KJ on Twitter. Um, It is something that she said, hey guys, uh, one episode of Tofop where you guys read through possibly the best Wikipedia articles of all time, please and thank you. Um, She also followed up by saying, I understand this is like drunkenly shouting requests to a DJ, but I think everyone should read this anyway. I like that. I like that. I like we want
2: people shouting stuff at us. We want, we want to play the hits. Exactly, yeah. We, we are a DJ who appreciates the feedback. We're a DJ who is up there behind the DJ booth going, I've got all these records, but I really would just like to know which ones this crowd would like to hear. Well, here you go. Shout your drunken requests. So this is a Wikipedia page listing
0: McDonald's characters. Now, I haven't okay. actually pre-read this, so I'm putting some faith in uh where's kj's hands here that she's picked content that will be well suited to this program but well, she started with wikipedia. Say, yeah. she's
2: um yeah she's gone to two of my interests which is a wikipedia and b because i i think by the end of Toefop, if we've got any aims with this podcast is that we'll have read out every single wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> that's how we'll know the podcast is finally over. When we finally read that entry about xylophones and we put down the microphones and we walk away. Um, I love love
0: how you pick xylophones and not zebras.
2: Yeah, or ZZ Top, (laughs) I guess, would probably be a better one. (laughs) And more toe pop. But anyway, uh, the other thing is I am fascinated by the characters of the McDonald's family, the broader McDonald's family, because... Obviously, The Hamburglar, you know, very, you know, popular culture sort of, you know, and very edgy Mm. when you think about it in retrospect, The Hamburglar, you know, like to introduce a criminal character to this sort of children's, you know, array of people. You've got Mayor McCheese, and I'm just doing a recap of the ones I can remember, because I know that this is going to go into a lot more detail. Mayor McCheese, Grimace. Yep. Is there someone else that I'm missing? Isn't there a cop with a bit... Big Mac for a head. Oh, well, who was that? Okay, well, we're going to get to that. I can only we'll remember those ones, but
0: there's more yeah. apparently. I probably could have only named Grimace and Hamburglar. I think they're the only two. And Ronald, of course. But Ronald's like not, the Bugs Bunny of this universe.
2: Not Mare McCheese. You wouldn't have gone with Mer McCheese.
0: No, I hadn't thought of Mer McCheese until you just mentioned him then. <laughs> I mean, oh, after the by-election of 96.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was actually turfed out in very horrible circumstances. He'd been funneling a lot. Of, he'd been having an affair with a staffer, a little junior burger. well, well uh, <laughs> keep
0: your Keep your powder dry, Will. I feel like these gags will be needed for the, when I read through these entries. Okay, let's start okay. at the top. Ronald McDonald. Yeah. The primary icon of McDonald's, he's a clown with red hair and a big red smile who wears a yellow suit and red shoes. He also wears a red and white striped shirt underneath blah, blah blah blah. Originally, he looked nothing compared to what he is today, wearing a yellow and red striped suit with a tray of McDonald's hamburger, french fries and milkshakes. He also uh, he also used it as a hat too. So he used the tray as a hat, okay? Sure. From 71 to 98, Ronald's suit had french fry bags for pockets. <laughs> With so, two large up. ones around the lower body and an average-sized French fry bag on the heart. So I guess that's like his utility belt, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's like ready for any McDonald's-related emergency. He's got his mm. like Ronald McDonald utility belt. He's got his Karma yeah. Miranda-style hat tray that he can put like extra items on. And over mm. his heart to protect him from any stray bullets from any adversaries, he's got a large fries. I mean...
0: Is it a bit like so he's ready to fight anorexia at any point? Like if he sees a skinny kid, he just flings some fries into their mouth?
2: Well, here's the thing, Charlie, that you might not know about the McDonald's franchise. They don't only cater to people with eating disorders. They're happily uh, uh, happy to sell their burgers to pretty much anyone. In fact, I would suggest if Ronald sees a bigger person, then he's more likely to go, hang on, that guy needs some fries.
0: Now, this goes on to describe the rest of his outfit we don't really need to know about that do they no let's move on okay did you know ronald had a dog will
2: no uh, okay guess what guess what yeah, guess what the dog's name
0: is well give it's it's clue. an item on the it's an item on the menu at mcdonald's
2: okay so well it's got to be so he's ronald mcdonald and it's a dog so what's the one that's yeah. most likely to be a dog uh, junior, N- Well, that's junior not going to help you <laughs> no junior burger is his name junior no. junior like no. your dog. Your <laughs> no, dog's no. Name is junior,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And that's when I pull off my mask and you find out that I am actually Ronald McDonald.
2: <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You're a clown who His hangs dog's around name and nobody was really Sunday. knows what he does. <laughs> Sunday? Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, cool. Cool name for a dog. Sunday. I like it.
0: So Sunday only... Sorry, Sunday only appears in The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald where he's animated with puppetry. So that that was 98... I didn't even realise there was a Ronald McDonald show. That sounds... I haven't seen it, but I can say confidently it's evil. McDonald's having like a kid's show.
2: Yeah, no, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's essentially a program that is also an advertisement. It is everything that's wrong with modern day society. Have not seen it, but that's my snap judgment. That's my hot take.
0: (laughs) Sunday often speaks... Use, uh, speaks negatively in a monotone. So I guess he's like a bit of an Eeyore character. They give an example. <clears throat> Some phrases that you might hear coming out of Sunday's mouth, Will, are, there's nothing like a good song, except that wasn't much of a song. Or, do you think we could just have a normal adventure? <laughs> he sounds like a real snarky bitch.
2: He's a millennial. That's what he is. Yeah, right. Bloody Sunday. <laughs> like with, he's got himself a crazy millennial name. He's a talking dog. And he's sassing it up like he thinks he's Garfield. No way, Sunday. Tell your story, walking. He also hates ticks. I don't know why your Sunday's got ticks in it, McDonald's. Well, this is one of those things where it's like, it's, it, it's okay for him to hate something. I understand that, set up an adversary, but ticks? That seems like why, yeah. are, you, why are you introducing ticks into a fast food service empire? And a dog that's a puppet. <laughs> why, why does the puppet dog need ticks? Ah, it's, it's all, they're all puppets for capitalism, Charlie. That's the <laughs> metaphor. All right,
0: settle down, you bloody limousine liberal. Uh, <laughs> he had a conflict with Hamburglar, mostly in Visitors from Outer Space, where he called Hamburglar both Bunhead and Hammy. I mean, he sounds like he's a bit of a, like, is that racist? To call someone a bunhead or a hammy? That, that sounds like it's a slur.
2: Well, I guess if Hamburglar came from a race of people who had hamburger heads and then calling him a bunhead is kind of like calling like a, 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 like a Middle Eastern person a towel head or something. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that's racial. He's a racist dog. Sunday is a racist it, millennial dog, an ironically racist millennial dog.
0: I actually feel bad for Sunday. I mean, he seems to be exhibiting signs of depression. I mean, he doesn't get excited about much. He's paranoid about ticks and he uses these racial epithets. Epithets, 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 what are they called?
2: Yeah, either way, he's, he's using them. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it says here that Sunday was excited when he found out he was going to space for 3,000 years. Oh, he's a Scientologist as well, clearly.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, that's one of the underlying themes of this. Sunday is definitely a Scientologist.
0: Sunday has shown up as a normal dog in some 2000 commercials for McDonald's. Sunday was portrayed by Vern Troyer. Do you know who that is?
2: Yeah, Mini Me.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. Hang on. I know Vern Troyer. Are you, are you telling me that Mini Me, Vern Troyer, the man who's most famous outside his movie roles for being able to do an entire gram of cocaine in one line doing the vacuum cleaner, you know this story, right? No. I think we
0: need to open another Wikipedia
2: page. <laughs> What's this? Vern Troyer Ver- slash cocaine. What is it? Well, Vern Troyer allegedly. I guess I have to say because I was only told this is like you know scurril button rumor. But allegedly, Vern Troyer's like you know party trick at Hollywood parties is that they would lie. They would lay out a whole gram of cocaine in one line on the table, and then people would <laughs> grab him by his legs, <laughs> and he would like hoover up. Vacuum style of the cocaine apparently. Holy shit! Where was Which that? Was also same a in character Powers? he played in another Mike Myers movie. Holy shit! It was very racist. <laughs> Let's move on to
0: Grimace. Okay. Let's get to the bottom of Grimace. Maybe we'll get yeah. an ex- explanation about just what the fuck he is. Yeah. Grimace is a large purple character. He started in '71 as the evil Grimace. In Grimace's first two appearances, he was depicted with two pairs of arms with which to steal milkshakes and pops. (laughs) Evil was soon dropped from Grimace's moniker, and Grimace was reintroduced in 72 as one of the good guys. He was redesigned, going from two pairs of arms to a single pair he has today. Grimace's role continued to grow by the mid-70s as a major character. Merchandise and commercials generally portray him as a well-meaning simpleton whose clumsy antics provide a foil to Ronald McDonald.
2: Right. Did you ever get that? Is there a chance that the original Grimace, Evil Grimace, um, I love, by the way, the how this universe was created. It was essentially just a whole bunch of people trying to steal hamburgers. Well, no, the hamburger <laughs> he was into like stealing. This is a suicide squad. Essentially, McDonald's put together a suicide squad of criminals with different uh, like specialist <laughs> skills and stealing different things to knock over a McDonald's. Oh, it's Ocean's Eleven. Essentially, this is an Ocean's Eleven, and they're doing doing a job on the McDonald's, and they've all got specialist things that they could steal. Uh, is there any chance that evil Grimace uh, was in some sort of Middle Eastern country where he got, got caught stealing twice and that's how he <laughs> lost those two arms? Uh, you might be on delay a bit. Are you getting me on delay? Oh. I,
0: I'm, I, I could hear every third word, something about Middle uh, Grimace going to the Middle East and getting his hands
2: chopped off. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, you got the gist of it, and then you pause for like a minute, like you were trying to work it out, and then.
0: (laughs) Uh... Ah, so frustrating. Um, Because I'm, I'm picking up the thread of what you're saying. If it would just catch up again, I could just, I could pretend, but. It just got to the point where I was like, I don't know if, like, if I'm hearing something, if it's like the light from a star where you're fucking like billions of years ago, you said that. And when I start talking, it'll be 10 minutes after the fact, but
2: you know what the thing about it also is that um, you are obviously doing your best in a very actory way to like make it out like there isn't a problem so what you do is you do this lovely sort of enthusiastic expectant look on your face it's very charming like the next thing is going to be good it's really encouraging <laughs> you look like you look like one of those reporters you know when they're about to cross to somebody for a news break yeah and they're doing the little nod uh-huh. you're coming to me mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what that's what it feels like you were doing in between each. because what
0: i'm trying to do is send you a signal to say keep going I can't yep. hear what you're saying, but I can pick up what you're talking about. I'm hoping that the buffering is going to catch up, and then we can just pick up. But yeah, maybe you should. Maybe we need like a kind of like timeout signal or something like that. Yeah,
2: if we get out of trouble, Michael, you can leave this bit in, by the way, so that people can yeah. understand what's going on. I think. What the fuck we deal with? This is yeah. crazy. Charlie and I, as usual, as most of the case this year, are in completely different countries, and uh, I am yet again. Uh, hot-spotting it off my phone, which has been working really well. It's costing me a fortune, I imagine, but it Mm. actually works much better than my home internet. And you're in my LA place, which apparently now has shit internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I was... Because when I got here, I've never experienced being shit before, but I've started asking around, and apparently West Hollywood, or this part of West Hollywood has bad internet, bad coverage, because there's been a few oh, people right? I've been talking to. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if it's something that's happened lately or whatever, but... You know what? You know, In some, that
2: street, a couple of like big apartment blocks have gone up recently. Maybe right. there's just some sort of... Drain. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but I don't right. know how the well, internet we works.
0: Well, we've got a good connection now. Let's not drain it on the yeah. <laughs> internet talk. All right, so... I think I know where we got up to with Grimace. I've I've bookmarked it. So what we know about Grimace was he was the clumsy, bumbling foil to Ronald McDonald. His appearance also changed to accommodate uh, this fact in 85 from a giant purple slob (laughs) with a pink mouth and small pupils to a gentle giant with movable eyebrows and eyelids. That's right. He did change. He He had a Sylvester
2: Stallone facelift. Yeah, exactly. He went to Thailand. That's what we want to see. Grimace goes to Thailand for his plastic surgery or we just want to see Grimace in the background of that uh, Rambo movie where he ends up in Vietnam getting some plastic surgery on the next table Grimace is just there getting some as well but we just don't explain it
0: and it's like dude of all the things you should be spending money on you should be getting your stomach stapled this is ridiculous don't worry about your face worry about that enormous gut
2: Grimace wasn't into fat shaming it was all about the face and then he loved his cuddly body (laughs)
0: The character's Uncle O'Grimacy first appeared in 1986.
1: <clears throat> Uncle O'Grimacy.
0: On, Uncle O'Grimacy is like the name the cops dub like a pedophile they haven't caught yet. It's like, oh geez. You know, Uncle O'Grimacy's in
2: town. Yeah. We're working on the cold case of Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> we seems to have Uncle O'Grimacy was Uncle O'Grimacy was the guy who came up with the idea that they should have a children's playground at McDonald's. <laughs> Uncle Grimacy
0: makes an appearance one month per year uh, uh, around St. Patrick's Day, and he brings the shamrock shakes. Now, here's something, here's a little cultural difference. We don't get shamrock shakes in Australia, I'm
2: pretty sure. No, well, this is that specific thing we were talking about earlier about McDonald's in different places having their own different things. This Mm. is your, I imagine, because of the big uh, Irish-American contingent, you're doing it yeah. like, you know, St. Patrick's Day is a big thing. And now I get it. Oh, Grimacy. The Grimace, uh, yeah. uh, the grimace family Irish in origin. That surprises me, I've got to be honest.
0: Well, it was actually uh, Grimiski, but they changed it when they immigrated from Poland. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but you'd think there's lots of uh, there's a lot of Irish heritage in Australia. You'd think that the Shamrock Shay could go down all right in Australia.
2: Yeah, I think it probably would. I think that green things on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day, that's you. Like mm. green beer, green... Uh, oh, my cows just messaged in to say we don't want it. What would it be? Your sh- does it say what the sh- shamrock shake contains? Like I assume no. it's like lime or something, was it? Was it a lime shake? Or, or mint Something mint. Like that. It might be mint. But you know what they could do these days? This would be killing two birds with one stone. They could have your shamrock shake and it could be more like your green shake. You know, your green oh, yeah, like shake's kale very and healthy shit. at the moment. Yeah, so it's a Wait, McDonald's Christ. like take on your green shake and they bring it out on St. Patrick's Day. That's, that's not bad.
0: Additional family members were introduced in the legend of Grimace Island. Grimace has an unnamed mum, an unnamed dad, a grandma named Winky... <laughs> If you get Winky and Uncle Grimacy in the same room, I'm pretty sure you're a Nambler.
2: Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. That's that seems like a pretty dodgy family. Hello. That seems like they. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Do you have me? <laughs> I can hear you. Did, did you get my signal? Well,
0: uh, hang on, did you do that on purpose? Did you just not, did you just freeze on purpose or was that an actual freeze?
2: No, that was an actual freeze, but I did the oh, good. timeout signal. No, did.
0: I, I didn't do the timeout. All that happened is I dropped my, my Nambler bloody joke and it just went dead silent. You looked very stony faced. I'm like, holy shit, have I really upset Will? He's not saying anything.
2: Yeah, I left the podcast. No mention of Nambler. <laughs> I'm, I'm a friend of Nambler. I'm an Nambler. He's got a great-great-grandmother called Jenny Grimace. So hang on, take me back because I missed a little bit of that. So Winky
0: is the dad. No, (laughs) unnamed mum, unnamed dad, grandma named
2: Winky, great-grandmother named Jenny Grimace. Like why does she get the normal name? Jenny then Winky. Well, Jenny was the one who was bored with normal names. She'd been raised as a Jenny. Everyone was a Jenny. And then suddenly when she started naming people, she's like, nah. The Grimace is... Yeah, the Ogrimache the family, we need yeah. names like Winky.
0: It's all like all those hippie parents who name their kids like River and Leaf and other phoenixes.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why they say with the unnamed parents, literally they had no names. They were both symbols. It was that era. Hamburglar.
0: This is your favourite character, Will. Yeah. He was a pint-sized burglar in 71, and he was the first villain in the commercials. He dressed in black and white hoop shirt, we know that, red cape. His primary objective was...
2: Stealing hamburgers.
0: His character, like Grimace, started out as a villain, but only he was old, had a long nose. Oh, God. Oh, is there no. like an undercurrent oh, of racism no. in all of these characters? I think so. He had a long nose, grey hair, and was called the Lone Jogger. Oh. <laughs> Every one of these <laughs> names sounds like a predator. Like, that, you go into a police station, there is like, a, like a, a composite sketch on the
2: wall. It's like, look out for Uncle O, Uncle o Grimacy, the Lone Jogger winky you know what this stinks of to me it stinks of some hollywood screenwriter some guy who dreamed of making the sopranos or breaking bad but was doing an early job in advertising working at an advertising agency paying his bills but you could tell what he really wanted to be writing about was this seedy underworld <laughs> david simon wrote the original mcdonald's ads <laughs> hamburgler spoke in gibberish which was often
0: translated by captain crook who's captain crook Well, I'm hoping we'll find out. He was revised in 85, where his look changed from a trollish old man. Yeah, old man. We know what you're doing, McDonald's. Uh, And changed into a red-headed Dennis the Menace-type child who spoke, wore a shorter-brimmed hat and a black cape with yellow inside. Previously, his unintelligible mutterings became the familiar... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, what did you just say? <laughs> Mike Al, bleep that out.
2: <laughs> Did you just bloody Bill Mars? <laughs> no. All oh, right. <laughs> the other N-word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wrong. He used to say rubble rubble.
2: <laughs> Did he? I thought it yes. was like <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not <laughs> I honestly am not saying that you're mishearing. Oh. I thought it was like a like a car starting, like a. N- <laughs> <but nah. laughs> no, will
0: it's rubble, don't,
1: rubble. Don't you, don't you dare! Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm
0: rubble looking rubble, at it, and, and you me. are making this.
2: This can be the, la- the last episode of Toe you ever hear. My well, even what I was saying was more like a neg than a what you heard.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> In the 2000s, McDonald's experimented with the possibility of animating the characters to improve ratings. I had no idea this world of McDonald's even existed. That there was like like cartoons and puppet shows and stuff. He, he takes on a new sporty appearance, wearing green goggles a leather jacket. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hang sorry, this struck me as being funny. <laughs> the hamburger still like. Something he got from Gazman, just like one of those cheap $80 leather jackets.
2: Well, I think this is you know? more like putting nipples on the Batsuit. Like, I feel like this is the Hamburglar trying to reinvent his, like, you know, look and image and, you know, perhaps unsuccessfully. No, what, what this is, Will, is this ain't
0: your grandma's Hamburglar because he's wearing goggles, like rave goggles, a leather jacket, yeah. a striped shirt, shorts and sneakers. What up, my dudes? What's Facebooking?
2: Yeah, it's when the Hamburglar went all poochy. Like, this is, this is your classic modern update. This ain't Winky's Hamburglar.
0: <laughs> he loves playing tricks on his friends and he loves those burgers. The very last appearance of Hamburglar was on television where in primetime commercials, one spot featured the Hamburglar with Grimace and Cedric the Entertainer. And the very last spot featured the Hamburglar with tennis stars Venus and Serena Williams. Various other spots uh, featuring the Hamburger and characters alongside famous celebrities were planned and cancelled. A conflict emerged between the agencies as to whether to continue using the character or follow through with the ad agency, Leo Burnett's...
2: Ah, there you the go. ...the desire
0: to, to elevate the I'm Loving It campaign and phase out the characters completely. The latter was chosen and Hamburger and the McDonaldland characters were not retired. Hamburger was voiced by Howard Morris in most commercials. I mean, that's the easiest paycheck on earth.
2: Yeah, well, apparently uh, he wasn't saying what I thought he was saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> Will, do you remember Birdie the Early Bird? Hang on, I, I just want to linger on uh, the death of the Hamburglar for a second, because that's how no, I No, no, No,
0: he didn't die.
2: No, but that's what I'm saying. I think oh, this right. is a missed opportunity. Oh, like you know when you've me. had characters around for this long what you want to do is kill one of them off at some stage you can still bring them back you know if anything yeah. the comic book universe has told us that but surely like a death of again if it's like this sort of you know david simon style mm-hmm. uh what was the guy who wrote the sopranos like style um you know show then maybe like yeah so maybe like he's been working in an advertising agency I would just love the final commercial to be all the characters sitting around in a booth and someone comes over to try to kill the, uh, the Hamburglar and then it just cuts out. You don't know what happens. Is the Hamburglar dead? Is the Hamburglar not dead?
0: I'd love to see if it was like a Fargo style kind of story where maybe like the Hamburglar and Grimace and Ronald get into some kind of like bungled attempt at a robbery or extortion or whatever. And the Hamburglar is going to squeal. And so the last shot you see is them just feeding him into like a meat mincer, like Fargo style. And then the burgers they serve to their customers afterwards, (laughs) that would be a
2: finish. Charlie, I think that you have stumbled on some genius here. And uh, I I think this is absolutely what this story is. We've spoken previously on this podcast about, um, you know, how one of our ideal projects would be a real life update of The Muppet Show, right? Mm. You could take those characters and you can put them into the real world. I think the next Fargo season... If it was, it turned out that all the characters were based on the various characters from the McDonald's universe. And it was about that idea that they were going to try to rob a, you know, knock over at some hamburger joint. And it's a a bunch of small town weirdos because that's what it feels like, you know. yeah. Some some ex-Irish, the Grimace family, they're the ex-Irish who've come over and changed their name to Grimace.
0: One of the the youngest sons, terribly obese.
2: Right, yeah. Winky sounds like the old grandmother that you get... um, You She's know. the Animal Kingdom-style oh, matriarch yes. of the yeah. family. You get Jackie Weaver to play Winky Grimace, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> And you make this, the Hamburglers. Yeah, that's a... And that's the great thing is if you had the Hamburglar family, what you could actually do is have that sort of in-joke where each member of the family kind of represented a different phase in the Hamburglar's... Evolution. So you've got the kid dressed in the more yeah. modern hamburger style, oh, yeah, yeah. but you've got the dad in the traditional sort of hamburger style. You know, muttering his racial epithets in the corner. So, but are they
0: real life? We're doing like Fargo, like real life actors in the same way as the Muppets. Real show. life actors. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. saying.
2: So it's it, it's the next season. You know, like the, what does it say at the start of Fargo? This is uh based on a true story, or this is like you know whatever it is, um, mm. and. So you do that, but it just kind of, they never tell you that it's about, but there's enough sort of things in it. They're trying to knock over a McDonald's and these sort of things that eventually you kind of go, hang on, this is the (laughs) McDonald's (laughs) characters.
0: Birdie the early bird. She was the first identifiably female character to promote the company's new breakfast items. She's a yellow bird wearing a pink jumpsuit and a flight cap and a scarf. Uh, Later years, her legs are orange. She sounds like Big Bird. Uh, in the ad, she's frequently portrayed as being a poor flyer and somewhat clumsy in general. Oh, great. Women campaign for years to finally get a character on McDonald's, and she's portrayed as incompetent.
2: I oh, know. I like to think that she's more like an Amy Schumer, you know, sort of someone right. who bumbles through life but kind of has a victory at the end.
0: Um, now, this is a creepy sentence. Okay. Birdie's origin is explained in one old commercial. A giant, eggs fall, a giant egg falls from the night sky into McDonald's land and Ronald McDonald decides to show the egg love. I mean, that could be interpreted a lot of ways, right? I mean, that's a creep... Like People think the clown Pennywise from It is creepy, but if I saw Ronald McDonald alone at night and egg drops in the sky and he decides to show it some love, that's a fucking horror film for 2018.
2: Yeah, Ronald McDonald lured the egg into the sewer <laughs> by, <laughs> say, by means of a, a balloon.
0: Uh, she was irregular and blah blah bullshit, bullshit. Um, she believes that aliens stole her bird bath, so <laughs> she's clearly insane. Well, obviously also, that's the happened. Other,
2: also the other thing is if Ronald McDonald like you know like befriends this bird through like showing the eggs some love, that's just luring it in because we all know that what happens to eggs in McDonald's eggs oh, aren't yeah. shown love. They're no. broken open and they're fried and they're served on the breakfast menu. So really what he's doing, you know what he is, Ronald McDonald in this situation is like one of those people <laughs> who pays for a visa for some woman to come over to like a different country and then he puts them into sex work. That's what he's uh, done. He's lured uh, her in and then he's like human slavery. trafficked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's human trafficked. Yeah. <laughs> David Simon did write this. <laughs>
0: The Fry Kids. I don't even know that. The Fry Kids are characters used to promote French fries. Uh, uh-huh. They were called the Goblins and like to steal and gobble up other characters' French fries. You're right. Every one of these characters is about stealing food from someone else.
2: Right. This is like It's essentially the entire thing is one of these people wants to steal your food.
0: All right, wait, you're back. (laughs) I think. (laughs) (laughs) Say something. Uh. All
2: right. I I can hear you. Good. Can you hear me? I could hear you. Maybe we should.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I might just leave my camera off, see if that helps with it, because I'm reading off the Wikipedia anyway. Okay, I'll li- I'll leave you ample ample gaps to make your gags, well, you, your little jokes. <laughs> all right, uh, where do we get up to? The goblins—they like to steal other characters' French fries,
2: right? Yeah, everyone likes to steal. That's the okay, message of right. McDonald's. Keep okay. your eyes on your fries; someone's coming for them. <laughs> <laughs> Accompanying them
0: was the keep your eyes on the fries jingle. Their name was later changed to the Fry Guys in 83 then the Fry Kids in 87. I think Ronald bloody dictated that change. Fucking creep. As female characters, the Fry Girls were introduced. They are different, coloured, shaggy, ball-like creatures with long legs and no arms. They sound nightmarish, almost resembling pom-poms with legs and eyes. This is when David Lynch was, took over as a creative director
2: of McDonald's. I mean, this is crazy. I don't know what is going on with the Fry Girls.
0: (laughs) Someone has put acid in the Shamrock Shakes. Uh, The Fry Kids were featured uh, in the Wacky Adventures of Okay, we get down to your next favourite character. Mayor McCheese. Right. Mare McCheese was an enormous cheeseburger.
2: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who appeared from 71...
0: Yeah, from 71 to 2008. He has a burger for a head and spots a top hat, a diplomat sash, <laughs> and a pair of Prince Nez, no, Pince Nez spectacles. What does that mean? Pince Nez. I don't know. All right. He's portrayed as a giggly, bumbling, and somewhat incompetent mayor who is based on
2: HR Puffin stuff. There you go. Right. I reckon he was HR puffing some stuff, getting down to McDonald's, eating his own head. <laughs> Though the character was
0: dropped during the streamlining of the characters um, in the mid-80s, he did appear in the bloody McDonald's show, he had a speaking cameo in something else. That's it. Nothing much more about Mayor McCheese. Sorry about that. It's a build-up. There's nothing there. Here we go. Officer Big Mac. This is a guy I was thinking of. Officer Big Mac. He was featured in 1970 to 2008. In addition to the McDonald's signature sandwich, Big Mac was the name of the character in McDonald's land. I mean, of course we get that. Like, that's that, that's kind of an unnecessary sentence, right?
2: Yeah, we, we understand that all these characters are based on various <laughs> McDonald's items. We've, 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 oh, hang on. Are you saying that all the characters are based on things you can purchase from the fast food outlet McDonald's? Now I get it. Now that there's a guy called Big Mac, I finally, that clicks into place for me.
0: He was similar to Man McCheese in that he had a large Big Mac
2: for a head. <laughs> Right, so it's there is a, a lot of bunheads. Like, there's a whole yeah. race of bunheads. So I, yeah. I go back to your original point that it could be a racial epitaph to refer to someone as a bunhead.
0: Yeah, I think so. He was similar to the neck cheese and that he had a big head, except he was the chief of police. And as such, he wore a constable's uniform with disproportionately small custodian helmet resting atop his head bun. Now, look, there has been a lot of discrimination against uh, you know, people uh, of bun heritage. And I think it's ridiculous if you ask them to serve in the police that you do not provide uh, helmets that are uh, built for heads that size. I mean, this is his job, Will. Like, that is a piece of safety equipment
2: and you don't even make him one to fit his head. It's discrimination. Well, too long the police force has been about white and white bread only. It's been very synonymous with one type of character and one type of perspective. And I just think, you know, we've got to start, you know, having a police force that's full of bun heads. We've got to have a police force that's full of roll heads. We've got to have a police force that's got some croissant heads in it. I say any sort of, you know, baked breakfast pastry or, you know, sort of burger wrapping a brioche head. Like, I mean, I think the more you have that it's a reflection of the broader society, then the better they are to police that society.
0: Yeah, bread
2: heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Grateful Bread. They follow them around the country.
0: As the main source of law and order in McDonaldland, Officer Big Mac spent most of his time chasing the Hamburglar and Captain Crook. i got a tip for you, Officer Big Mac. Wait outside the McDonald's. <laughs> That's where you're catching
2: it feels like one of those relationships where he can't be that good a policeman if the, you know, Hamburglar is always escaping. But I guess this is your classic sort of, you know, they need each other. They're two signs of the same burger. You know, like, you know, they are... Yeah.
0: No, I, I like going back to your, like, David Simon sort of hard-boiled, like, you know, police procedural. I think I'd love to see just like, you know, he's so dedicated to his job. His marriage is broken up. You know, he's a, he's hard drinking. Like, that's a thing. He's... He's a, he's a hamburger head of contradictions, Will. Like, when he gets home, he's not. A, he, it, it's a different time for him. He just likes to pour himself some whiskey and just, like,
2: just try and cope. Uh, Charlie, are you saying that um, uh, Captain Big Mac uh, has a problem with the <laughs> special sauce? <laughs> <laughs> it was worth no. it. It was worth continuing to listen to the podcast. <laughs> it was worth it, except his name's Officer Big Mac, Will. I deduct two points. Whatever. I was concentrating (laughs) on the good joke I had at the end of it. Um, So, Charlie, tell me this. Uh, Yes. We've jumped around a lot on this, and I thought Fargo was the perfect (laughs) one, but now I really am thinking this is like a five-series, you know, David Simon, The Wire look at the world of each of these, and it would just be great to follow it. You know, you've got the year that's in the mayor's office. You know, that's your political year. You've got the hard-drinking cop on the street year through the eyes that he's trying to chase the Hamburglar. But then you follow, like, the Hamburglar and the Grimace and the Fries family separate, like, life on the streets, what it's like to just survive on stolen fries. How about this? Or you do,
0: like, a Westworld Moonlight-style kind of playing with sort of timelines where you think that... Uh, officer Big Mac is chasing the Hamburglar, but what you realise is the Hamburglar is Officer Big Mac. He started off stealing burgers, but then met like a police officer who took, uh, who showed him the right way, and is now now he's Officer Big Mac. You just
2: but you should tell those two stories in tandem. Right? Yeah, as if he's chasing uh, the Hamburglar, but it's later revealed that he is indeed the Hamburglar who became yeah. oh Charlie. I love it. <laughs> Copyright title. Captain Crook. Captain
0: Crook was a pirate. No, I don't remember this dude. 1970-99, uh, similar in appearance to the famed Captain Hook from the Disney seri- uh, movie Peter Pan. Unlike <laughs> Hamburglar. What are you laughing at?
2: His name was Captain Crook and they just ripped him off Captain Hook. They didn't even bother <laughs> changing it that much. They're just like, he, no, he's a completely original character of ours. Captain Crook. <laughs>
0: Unlike the Hamburglar, this villain spent his time trying to steal a fillet o' fish. I get it, because he uh, doesn't eat red meat.
2: He's <laughs> from the sea. Yeah, it's because it's always Good Friday.
0: <laughs> he tries to steal fillet of fish from the citizens of McDonald's Land while avoid being caught by Officer Big Mac, who we know was actually the Hamburglar once upon a time.
2: It, uh, well, it takes a criminal to catch a criminal.
0: Yeah, he would often translate for Hamburglar, so he's, he's bilingual. As part of the nautical theme of the character, Captain Crook used ships and waterways as a means to escape capture. In the 70s, he was a major character with an unseen mouth and a rubber mask. Ooh. See, this is the thing. I reckon the creators at Leo Burnett, like they would finish work on a Friday and then they would take a bunch of uppers and downers and go to some fucking like crazy New York sex club for three days straight. <laughs> come back, and then pump out another few storylines of their characters. No face and a rubber mask. No mouth
2: and a rubber mask. Here's what I love about, uh, what's his name, Captain Crook. Um, uh, Apparently he makes all his escapes on waterways. And as we famously know, uh, most of McDonald's are on waterways. That would have been that's like the Aquaman problem is the Captain Crook problem. It's like, how do you come up with a scenario where you're around a McDonald's and like the crime is going down a McDonald's, but you're also conveniently located next to a waterway? The professor
0: was a bearded scientist who rarely spoke. This sounds like they're really just getting lazy. They're just they're just grabbing stereotypes. Now, around the 80s, he was a major character, redesigned to include a light bulb topped helmet and a mustache that the character was dropped in the streamlining of the characters in the 80s. Now, here's uh, something... The
2: professor. So, we we Mm. don't even know what he was after. Was he after something? Not much.
0: No, not much. He just is inventing stuff. It says he invents a rocket ship to take Ronald and his friends to to a magical moon and appeared in MC Kids. I don't know
2: what that... that, Yeah. That sounds like
0: hamburger gibberish to me.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) The hamburger patch. Now this is creepy. The hamburger patch started in 73, is part of the fictional city of McDonald land where McDonald's hamburgers grew like fruit on plants from the hamburger patch. Like, isn't that bizarre? Like they literally have a rural setting where cows are. <laughs> but they're gonna tell kids, oh no, that your hamburger grows on the trees. We don't take that sentient creature over there and shred it to bits and put it in between two bits of bread to shove in your fat more no 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 they grow on trees i mean
2: that's fucking crazy like (laughs) it's it's crazy that that's even a legal thing that they can do like somewhere they allowed children to be broadcast by a fast food company that their hamburgers grew on fucking trees. (laughs) shut the fuck up anyway back to capitalism and why it's ruining everything
0: even though the hamburgers in McDonald's land were anthropomorphized uh, and spoke, they were picked by characters such as Ronald McDonald and the hamburger for consumption. So oh
2: hang on, this, they're eating sentient beings. Like these hamburgers a- that grow in nature have achieved sentience in a way that they can speak and understand information, and then they're just devoured by the popular characters. Isn't
0: that hilarious that obviously this advertising agency in order to steer people away from the brutal reality of where meat comes from have come up with this alternative reality in which the in which the characters still consume
2: the sentient creatures um do you watch uh the good place have you watched the no good place?
0: i've heard i know i know what it's about though I, it is
2: it. well i really really like it it's um right up my alley and i find it very hilarious uh there's this uh, central character um who it's kind of like the siri of their world if you imagine so you can summon her pretty much at any stage um there's a great running joke where like they'll people will refer to her as a robot because she's ai but she, her kind of thing is like not a robot uh, but, <laughs> but she has this uh there's essentially and this is not really spoiling anything there's a way you can destroy her turn her off but it has an inbuilt safety guard that she will beg you you know and emotionally manipulate you not to turn her off in that moment that's what this feels like to me there's an inbuilt <laughs> safety guard
0: well <laughs> it says here that uh, advertisements featuring the hamburger patch were shown as evidence during the McLibel court case in the uk during questioning by defendants mcdonald's senior vice president of marketing david green admitted that showing the reality of meat production would not be very appetizing
2: no no it wouldn't like can you imagine that It's like this beautiful, idyllic, uh, rural setting uh, right next to a factory farm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uncle O'Grimacy. They've got a bit more information. Great. He was created in 77 to 85. He appeared in 86 for an advertising narrative in uh, celebration of St. Patrick's Day. A is the Irish uncle of the character Grimace and a variant of the Grimace design in that he is green instead of purple, sports a frock coat covered with several four-leaf clovers and other racial stereotypes. (laughs)
2: It doesn't say that. That's my own editorial. I mean, I love that they're different colours. Like, everyone in Ireland is green. Like, it makes absolutely no sense (laughs) that somehow his uncle is a complete different colour to him. His design motif is not
0: that unlike a stereotypical depiction of a leprechaun. Unless, sorry. Sorry.
2: What if, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm like, well, if his uncle's green, why is he purple? But maybe he's purple because he's a combination of different colours. So he's like grimace. Is like you know, like a or whatever. You know, he's of mixed yeah. heritage. He's Bruno Mars of this world, and um, you know, so he just presents as being purple, but he's really a mixture of different races. Okay, I'm fine with that.
0: Speaking of uh, Bruno Mars, off topic of, uh, just for a second. You know, we had that conversation about Bruno Mars. I got sent a whole bunch of things. Did you know he was an Elvis impersonator when he was a kid? There is YouTube footage of him. You, have you seen the film Honeymoon in Vegas? Yes, and you know how it's about all the Elvises. Yes. And one
2: of the Elvises is like a four-year-old? Yes. That's Bruno Mars. I mean, that surprises me apart from the fact that I picked it when you said he was a child Elvis impersonator. But, <laughs> but if, if, if I hadn't known that bit first, I'd be like, oh my fucking God. Last night.
0: You have to Google it because they there is this uh, like five-minute video of him on YouTube with his dad. And he's in his Elvis gear. And... They're talking to him about you know why he like playing Elvis. He's four years old. This kid is a prodigy. Like the way he like the way he articulates himself, the way he impersonates Elvis. Like he does all the facial ticks of Elvis Presley. Like as a four year old, it's insane. The guy is some kind of I don't know prodigy.
2: Uh, so last night I ended up watching Bruno Mars live from the Apollo uh, mm. because I got myself in a googling Bruno Mars to watch him dance uh, whole. Um, yeah. And what I loved is. You can watch the same song over and over on different like performances of it, and they've put together a new dance performance or a new way of arranging the song or whatever. And like his his gang, he's like other singers and like you know musicians who are all fucking amazing, um, who I believe are called the Hooligans, which is weird. I only discovered that last night. I'm like, are you called the Hooligans? Um, yeah. I might be wrong, but um, so he does his big live at the Apollo performance, and it, yeah. it is fucking. Insane, it's so good. But the reason that I started watching it was that um, uh, there was this debate online about whether he was a cultural appropriator because. He's not black but like, you know, he has been using black music and then I read a whole bunch of debates about people going, no, he actually highlights black people and has talked about his respect for it. He pays tribute to not... Anyway, I got in this hole which made... Eventually just ended up in me alone in bed after my last, last... This is the difference between me now and me like 10 years ago. Last night in Adelaide, I wouldn't have a voice left. I wouldn't have slept for two days. And then last night in Adelaide, last night, I went home immediately after my gig and lay in bed and... Googled Bruno Mars dancing <laughs> rock and roll, <laughs> but he is a savant entertainer like the way that yeah, he dances amazing. and sings. And, like you said, it doesn't surprise me he could do all those Elvis facial tics because the way he'll sell a line or you know, change the way that a line is, or you're in the moment, or he can say the most ridiculous things like you know all that sort of faux arrogant shout out style of music Mm -hmm. and he just owns it because he's this little kind of singing dancing midget guy and it's just it's unreal he's the best
0: what is like when you're that
2: talented like
0: i often think you know if i could play like an instrument really well like, would I just do it all the time? Like, if I could play any song on guitar or something, would I, like, would I just be doing that all the time? Like, if it came to you, I mean, look, I'm sure he had to train and study and stuff, but now he's at the point he's at now. Like, does he just get up, look in the mirror and just start dancing and watching himself? Is it as fun for him to watch himself dance as it is for us?
2: Well, it feels like it's fun for them, yeah. even if it isn't. Like, that's the great thing that he's yeah does. They they do this first song from the Apollo. They're on the roof of the Apollo, like, you know, welcome to the Apollo. Like, they're on the roof of that and everyone's outside for the first song and they do this thing where they do an extra verse of the song already and he just does that little thing where he goes, I got another one in me and you're like, yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. he's got another one in
2: him. (laughs) and it's like and it like it makes it feel like he's spontaneously decided to just do a whole extra verse and dance but it's so perfectly choreographed and whatever that that cannot in any way be the case but he has that great thing of being able to rehearse something in a way and then perform it so that it has the appearance of what you want which is the idea that they're making up it as they go but it has the confidence of someone who's rehearsed every moment of it i reckon
0: Do you ever think, like, whenever I'm at a concert and the band finishes up their last song before their encore and they, you know, they'll make a big show of, you know, thank you, everyone, they'll wave and stuff, but you know they're coming back. I would love just once for the band not to come back, (laughs) like, to kind of wave and thank you and go off and you still haven't heard Paradise City or whatever it is and they just don't come back. Like, Like, I don't know if... It's like, it's probably the anti, it's like the anti comedy of rock and roll, like just doing something just to be fucking different. But I would love to see that. I'd be happy. Paid 300 bucks for my Foo Fighters ticket. If they didn't come on and do one of their, do uh, ever long, then I'd be, I think that was great. More respect to you. Don't honor the encore.
2: I've seen bands drop an encore, but not the encore. So, like, you know, these days, like, you know, they might, you might see a band and they might do two or three encores. And depending yeah. on whether it's a great night or, or whatever. And I've seen bands, several times on a tour and seen them make the decision, nah, we're not coming out again tonight, fuck it, they don't deserve the third encore. But not the straight encore. I always think, I find it weird with comedians who do encores. I never do an encore in comedy because I'm like, I'm I'm worried that they wouldn't clap and I I wouldn't come back and I'd miss, (laughs) because you normally save the best bit for the end. I was like, I don't want you to miss the best bit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like the audience applauds, you wave, you yeah. walk off stage, yeah. your blows dies down, you walk back out on and nothing happens. Yeah. You just hear a guy go, What are you doing back here?
2: Right. And I'm like, Oh, I saved the best 10 minutes, but I set up so many callbacks during this show that all pay off. Mate, in this-
0: we're done. We're done. The car park closes in 15 minutes. And to tell you the truth, it was a little long in the first place.
2: I like the political stuff, that's good. I mean, you're pretty funny, mate, but yeah, we got to go. I did get one bit of feedback in Adelaide from somebody saying, you know, that they enjoyed the show but they wish there was more political stuff in it. And I was like, it's a bit hard to put political stuff into a story about me being arrested. Like, there is some <laughs> themes there that have a broader political theme but it's a bit hard to jam a Barnaby Joyce joke into that situation. And then there was another guy who was, I think, I don't know if he was drunk or if he just, you know, his brain wasn't working the best on that day for whatever reason. Um, but he yelled out during my show, I've heard all this before three years ago. And I was like, <laughs> look, you could, you could not like the show. You could not, you know, sort of enjoy the jokes or whatever. But the one thing I can guarantee you, sir, is this is all new material. <laughs> Like every single thing in this show is off one day that happened to me eight months ago. It is all brand new material. <laughs> all
0: right, let's uh, wind up this McDonald's chat uh, and and get off because I've got to get back to doing. It's a sticking at yeah, yeah. my neck. Well, the um, good
2: news is also Charlie that we have our other thing, the uh, Russell Crowe thing. We can tease it for next week. Uh, for next week. So, all right. Now,
0: look, we'll skip through these because there are only one-line descriptions of some of these characters. Uh, there's the Happy Meal Gang who are hamburger fries and a soft drink. Now, this is kind of creepy. The McNugget Buddies. <laughs> the, McNuggy, the McNugget Buddies um, nuggets shown as large McNuggets with chicken beaks, chicken wings, and cowboy boots. What? Like, if you got a nugget and there was a beak in it, I think you'd send it back.
2: Oh, gross. That's all the shit it's, that they, they, they're meant to not tell you that is in nuggets, like beaks and feet and shit. That's... Ah. And boots. Oh, there was man. a character
0: called Cosmic, uh, a temporary character. Cosmic was an alien who wore a large space suit. He talked like a surfer dude. This sounds like Poochie. Yep. Uh, he was in a bunch of commercials. He hung out with Grimace and the Professor because the Professor was another dying character. That to, that to give him like a, a younger younger character prop him up
2: well the other thing is like with professor that he's more like your sort of your vision or whatever like you need him for the avengers but you don't actually have to give him his own storyline so you just put him in other people's storylines
0: or give him a love interest uh he traded flowers in exchange for food that ronald brought that's i mean he's why is an alien trading flowers has no one explained to him like how money works
2: Well, I guess not. I mean, it's, it's some sort of like, Ronald's obviously met this alien first and conned him into the idea because Ronald loves flowers. <laughs> so it says time.
1: here
0: that Cosmic has left Earth to go back and inform his people about McDonald's food. Oh. Dudes, do oh. not go to that blue planet. <laughs> it is, I have had diarrhea for six years. <laughs> Four heart attacks.
2: Cosmic's I have had an that- erection in three. Cosmic's gone back to space with a copy of Super Size Me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are trash cans, which are talking trash cans. Bernice, a strange creature that was introduced in 92, she ate inedible things like the script in a three-part Ronald McDonald making movies commercial. That is just too much cocaine, creatives. Yeah. Vulture, an unnamed vulture that spoke in a monotone voice. Sounds a bit like Sunday to me. And then I am, well, it's spelt like Ian, except it's I-A-M. I'm a produced, pronounced I-am. I am hungry. A short-lived McDonald's character who was the self-proclaimed vice president of snacking. That's the annoying dude in your office at lunchtime. Like you're all sitting around the conference table to have your lunch and he just sits down and goes, oh guys, I guess he's sitting down. It's the, uh, the vice president of snacking.
2: Shut up, Bill. <laughs> we fucking hate you. It's Every weird. time. It's weird that the name you chose for that annoying character was William, but anyway, sure, whatever. I won't take it personally.
0: This character was a floating, fast-moving green fuzzball with orange arms and a monstrous face. Just the kind of thing kids love. He would often appear when Ronald Grimace and uh, Birdie were dining with a birthday kid and would constantly crave food. Come on, man. Just give me the burger, man. I'm really good for it. I'll suck your dick. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am. Come on. There's kids here. I just need it. Man. I just need it real bad. <laughs> I got the shamrock shakes. <laughs> <sighs> uh. <laughs> he would never stop pestering the kids until he got fed. Just, yeah. He sounds like a horrible character. I can't, I can't imagine why they got rid of him. Uh, there was Mike, the microphone. He's a one-time <laughs> character. Oh, my God. They weren't trying, were they? no he he guards the door and runs things inside to the McDonaldland magical radio station holy shit Will if this uh, triple N thing doesn't work out (laughs) and last and definitely least is the griddler a short lived McDonald's character who to promote the McGriddles by stealing them I
2: mean fucking hell it's all about theft with <laughs> these bastards. But isn't he just also a complete rip-off of the Riddler? Isn't the, the...
0: And the Hamburglar. They just changed the Hamburglar's name and put a bloody McGriddle burger in front of him.
2: Oh, like, man.
0: B- yeah. All right. Well, that uh, has to- was up to- for this week. We've had some technical issues. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to sound when Mike Howell cobbles it together, but fuck, hope it's all
2: right. Hope it's listenable. It'll sound perfect, but it wasn't perfect when we did it. No, no. Um, If
0: you want to support the show, you can go to our Patreon page, tofop.com forward slash tofop. Patreon is essentially like an ongoing Kickstarter. So you uh, pledge to give us a certain amount a month, and that can be as little as a dollar, uh, up to as much as you want to give us. And um, that just helps us keep the show running. You can also support us by telling people about the show,
2: writing reviews on iTunes. Um, What else, Will? If you are a fan of my other podcast, uh, Willosophy, uh, it is coming back, and uh, that means that um, Mike Held is going to, you know, do some editing for it. And I've got on someone on to help be book guests and stuff like that. So if you could chip in um, a few bucks, if you like that podcast as well, that would be really helpful at the moment as we're trying to, you know, uh, get some people on board to make sure that that can come out weekly as well. That's actually a good point because we
0: don't really point that out. But the Patreon account for TOEFOP isn't just for this podcast. Yeah. Those funds go to all three, sometimes four of our podcasts. So Two Guys, One Cup is starting back up next week as well. So if you're an AFL fan uh, who likes this show, um, that'll be coming back. We have been putting it off as long as we as long as long we can. It's going to be – we won't lie to you. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, I'm not in the country. Uh, I've got terrible internet. Um, so my, my, my low level of knowledge will be even worse, I imagine, for this upcoming season.
2: Yeah, well, I think we lean into that, Charlie. I think there is too many uh, football programs out there <laughs> where the people know what they're talking about. And even the comedy ones, you know, eventually, if you do a podcast for long enough, you learn some of the things. And, you know, they rely on... It, you know, they're only for people who already understand the game. You've got to keep up with the game to be able mm. to understand the jokes. What we can guarantee is that you won't have to follow the game to understand the jokes because we're not following the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like creatives at Leo Burnett's, we're just making shit up. Yeah. We're doing a yeah. pound of cocaine and just fucking making shit up.
2: My favourite player is Captain Krook. <laughs> <laughs> Metric danger, uh, metric painter field. Uh, so um, uh, I would say this uh, my tour is called we Legal it is in Brisbane this weekend Justin Hamilton is coming up just to hang out but because he's also an awesome comedian uh, he's going to open for me on Friday and Saturday night so if you're coming in Brisbane and you want to see Justin uh, make sure you get there for the start of the show Friday, Saturday it'll just be me on the Sunday uh, then after that uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival starts I feel like as of uh, this Sunday just gone in Adelaide the show's in uh, really good shape and I'm really excited about bringing it to Melbourne. So come see the show there. And then uh, Perth, Canberra, Sydney, all of those uh, places are already on sale and there will be other places I will come at other stages, but I'll let you know about that when they're on sale. And as the Hamburglar says, Will? Uh, Ruble, Ruble. I'm Charlie Clawson. (laughs) Was it Ruble? Rubble. (laughs) I'm Will Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network
1: visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates it's not optional you have to do it (laughs) we used to go easy on it but now you have to yeah yeah